0: Today's scripture comes to us from Matthew chapter 8. Just a few verses, verses 23 through 27. They're printed there in that program, and I invite you to simply follow along as I read them for you this morning. Matthew tells us, Then he, that is Jesus, got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Without warning, a furious squall came up on the lake, So that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. He replied, You have little faith, why are you so afraid? And then he got up and he rebuked the wind and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, What kind of man is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. Please join me in prayer. Father, we come before you today and we simply ask that you will inspire us through your word, that you will speak to us through it. Uh, Lord, help us now for the next 20 minutes or so to just kind of really focus in. Uh, Help us to be still, to silence our lips, to open our ears, and open our hearts and our minds that we might hear and not miss what it is that you want to say to us today. Oh God, we know that none of us are here by accident today. It isn't a coincidence. Lord, you have a divine appointment here with us today. We thank you, God, for your presence with us. Speak to us now, Lord, we pray it. In Jesus' name, amen. For 20 minutes or so, I just want to focus with you and and just kind of expound a little bit on this scripture passage and to think with you about it. How many of you have ever been caught in the middle of a storm? Anybody? Probably most of us have at one point in our lives or another. Maybe you went out for a walk one day or went for a bike ride and the sky was blue and clear and it was warm and, and everything looked great, but by the time you got out there, maybe the clouds came rolled in, the sky turned dark, and all of a sudden you were caught in a downpour. Maybe you were driving your car and you got stuck in a thunderstorm. You were just trying to get home and um, uh, all of a sudden it started thundering and lightning and maybe there was even some hail. It was kind of scary and you got stuck in a storm. Has anybody here ever been through a tornado? Anybody been through a tornado? Some of you have. And uh, uh, it was 25 years ago, late last month, that an EF5 tornado ripped through the city of Parkersburg and New Hartford, and many of you remember that, and and, uh, I think many of us know people that survived that, that horrific event. Unfortunately, there were nine people who did not. In today's passage, the disciples get caught in a storm. Matthew tells us that Jesus and his disciples were out in a boat when suddenly a furious storm, a squall, comes up over the lake. The the wind blew, the rains came down, the waves swept over the boat, the vessel was taking on water. The disciples are freaking out and fearing the worst. They wake up Jesus, who somehow amazingly is perfectly asleep in the boat in the storm. Imagine that. They wake up Jesus. They say, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. They thought surely they were doomed Jesus says to his disciples, you of little faith, why are you afraid? Notice the juxtaposition that Jesus puts between faith and fear. And then he gets up and he tells the wind and the waves to be afraid, or to be quiet. And they are. Just like that. I mean, wouldn't it be great this morning if I had the kind of power that could say, clouds disappear, winds stop, sun come out, let's hit 80 degrees right now. Boom. Now, if that just happened, that would really be amazing, wouldn't But Jesus calms this storm, and the disciples are amazed. They're astonished, and they're looking at each other, and they're asking each other, who is this man? Even the wind and the waves obey him. it's a great story. It's a true story. But what does it mean? What does it mean for you and me? How many of you know that we live in some crazy, chaotic times? Amen? And there are storms that seem to be kind of pressing in on us from all directions. I mean, from a global pandemic to cultural divisions in our nation, political chaos, the level of divisiveness in these United States has never been higher, and things are about to get even more crazy, the way it sounds. Anxiety, worry, nervousness, and fear are at all-time highs. And maybe you feel it. Children, families, and parents face incredible challenges today. Mental health issues plague us, not to mention high blood pressure, panic attacks, stomach ulcers, obesity, and heart problems, to name a few. Yes, we are living in crazy, chaotic, and stressful times, are we not? And the storms of life are pressing in on us from all sides. It feels like water is coming into our boat, and we, like those early disciples, feel that sometimes we too are sinking. So how do we keep from drowning? How do we keep from going under? How do we keep our peace in the midst of these storms? The disciples turn to Jesus. Lord, save us. Don't let us drown. And herein lies the good news of this story. The fact that Jesus is right there in the boat. In fact, he's in the boat with you. He knows what you're going through, and he's with you. There's Jesus, totally at peace in the midst of the storm, even sleeping in the boat. Are you a light sleeper? You know, sometimes I talk to people, hey, did you hear the thunder and the lightning last night? What what thunder, what lightning? You know, they slept right through it. Most of the time, I wake up right away when I hear storms. I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I guess I'm a light sleeper. Some people have the ability to sleep right through. I don't know about you, but I need that kind of peace. The kind of peace that Jesus exhibits in this story where he is perfectly at calm in the midst of the storm. He is calm in chaos. And thankfully, there is a peace to be had in the middle of the storm. And thankfully, you can have it. You can have it. It's yours through Jesus. And today I want to give you just kind of five ways to stay calm in chaos, to find peace in the storms of your life, because we all face these storms, and we all, can all be stressed out and fearful and anxious and nervous and worried at times. Let's face it, we're human. There are five ways. You might want to take out the outline in your bulletin today. If you've got a pen or pencil, feel free to fill it in as we go. Five ways to stay calm in chaos. Number one, place your trust in Jesus. Just say it with me. Place your trust in Jesus. This is where it all begins. If there's anyone out there who has not yet made Jesus the Savior and Lord of your life, today is a day to do that. Give your body a break from the stress. Swallow your pride. Let go and let God take over. You will have absolutely no peace until you know God. The greatest source of stress comes not from the world, difficult relationships, struggling finances, a demanding job, co-workers, or a boss, or family, or from any external force at all. Your greatest source of stress comes from not living in harmony with God. Let me say it again. Your greatest source of stress comes from not living in harmony with God. If you are out of tune with God, your whole life is going to be off and you're going to be anxious about a lot of things. Even for those of us who try to trust Jesus and walk with him, this is a challenge. How quickly doesn't our trust teeter and our faith falter? The disciples that are in that boat, in that storm with Jesus, they forgot who was right there in their midst, Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords, that we just sung that. They failed to place their trust in him in that moment. Jesus wasn't going to let them drown. He is the Lord of the wind and the waves. He's got this. He's got them. He's got you. Jesus' authority rules over the storm. God is greater than the storm. Jesus has power over the wind and the waves around you too. And the psalmist says in, verse, in Psalm 46, verse 1, God is our refuge and ever-present help in trouble. And later in the same chapter, the Lord says through the psalmist, Be still and know that I am God. Oh, how we need to do that, right? Our world is going at 100 miles an hour. Life keeps coming at us and things are just happening. Be still. Take a deep breath. Do it right now. Take a deep breath. Just relax. Place your trust in God. Number two, the second thing to do, pray. Pray. Paul says in Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And, get this, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Friends, there is a peace, and there is a peace that passes our understanding. We don't fully grasp it or comprehend it, but it it just surrounds us and it protects us. Paul says, don't be anxious about anything. Really, Paul? Come on. (laughs) Do you think Paul knows something that maybe we need to be reminded of? How can he say, don't be anxious about anything? Well, I believe it's because Paul believes in the power of prayer. How many of you know that prayer changes things? And most importantly, prayer changes you. And me, the one who prays. It aligns our will more with God's. I love the words to that old hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Remember that hymn? I love the words in verse 1 Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have you ever visited an airport? When, when I was little, and me and my siblings, mom and dad sometimes took us to Kent County International Airport in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And back in those days, you could still do this. I don't even know if they do this anymore, but they had an observation deck, and the general public could actually go into the airport to this observation area, and we watched planes take off and land. And as little kids, that was really a lot of fun. But one of the things that I noticed about airports, and even today, is that people come into these airports, they're carrying a lot of luggage, right? Some of them got two bags and, and they're carrying, they got big carry-ons. I'm like, how does that even fit into the you know the overhead? Sometimes it doesn't. They got to check at plain sight. When I went to Cambodia to be a missionary in the early 90s, I thought I needed everything to go to come with me. So I pack, I had six items boxes, two big suitcases. I had my guitar with me. I brought it all to Cambodia with me, and I had to fight through the airport with two luggage carts trying to navigate through, and thankfully some guy came. Can I help you? Yes, thank you. And I was never so happy to let it all down and to, to check it in. Well, friends, Jesus is saying to you today, check your luggage with me. Leave your burdens at the foot of the cross. Lay it down. Your struggles, your pains, your grief, the things that weigh you down, the, those grudges that you're holding on to, the stress that you're carrying in your life. Jesus is just saying, just lay it down. You don't need to carry that any longer. The baggage of your hurts and problems and burdens. God says, give it to me. Let it go in prayer and my peace will surround you. Number one, place your trust in God. Number two, pray. Number three, the word is positivity. I needed a P word, okay? (laughs) Indulge me. Stay positive. Say it with me. Stay positive. Paul goes on to say in the same chapter of Philippians 4, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. In other words, you can train your mind on what to think about. How many of you know that one of the fruits of the Spirit, named in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, it's in verse 23, the last one mentioned is the the fruit of self-control. Self-control. Now, very often, we think of this fruit of self-control as something that sort of helps us contain the, uh, you know, kind of our desires, as our human desires, kind of maybe the desires of the flesh and, you know, the appetites of my stomach and, and the, 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 the virtue of self-control will help me to overcome all of that. And that's true, and, and that's all important. But there's another aspect of self-control. Self-control Helps us also control what we think. What we think. Not just what we do, but also what we think. Just because an idea pops into your mind doesn't mean you have to dwell on it, you have to think it. We exercise self control over our thoughts as well as our bodies. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10 we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. In other words, Some thoughts can be dismissed. They have to be dismissed. Not all thoughts are holy and pleasing to God. And if your mind is running in a negative direction, you need to let it go. Proverbs 23, verse 7 says, As a man or as a person thinks in his heart, so is he, the old King James Version. Joyce Myers says, Where the mind goes, the man follows. Friends, this is great news because it means that your thoughts can help control and direct your life. But the issue here is that these, the power of your thinking, it works in the negative as well as the positive. Some of you have a lot of faith, but it's all in the wrong direction, okay? I've been there, I know, me too sometimes. Our mind gets to running negatively. Oh, this will never work out. I'll never get through this. I mean, it's going to rain today. My hamburger's probably going to be burnt. You know, this is going to be bad. My wife hates me. You know, the children are failing their classes at school. We think all negative thoughts. And Paul is saying, no, think positively. Think about that which is noble or true or praiseworthy or excellent. Think positively. The power of your thoughts is incredible. Give your life some positive energy, some hope. Say, maybe I don't see it now, but I, I'm believing for victory. I know that I'll come through this. It's in God's hands. I will overcome. I am well able and equipped. I can do this. I am a victor, not a victim. Set your mind on good things. Staying positive will help you stay calm in Chaos and to find peace in the storm. Place your trust in Jesus Christ. That's where it begins. Pray. Stay positive. Fourthly, be patient. Say it with me. Be patient. Oswald Chambers wrote once that God's aim looks like it is missing the mark because we are too short-sighted to see what God is aiming at. Let me say it again. God's aim looks like it is missing the mark because we, mere human beings, we're too short-sighted to see what God is aiming at. It's often hard to see the big picture from our perspective, to take the long view. Church leadership guru Jeff Henderson shared that his 80-year-old father said one day, he said, I just love being 80. Now, that's something you don't hear a whole lot, okay? How many people are 80? No, just kidding. I won't ask for a show of hands. But that's something you don't hear a lot, right? He says, I just love being 80. And so Jeff asked his dad, he said, well, what, what do you mean? What, do you, what are you talking about, dad? And his dad shared with him, he said, you know, in your younger years, you don't always see what God is up to. You can't always understand how God is directing or leading your life, he said. But now that I'm 80, he said, I look back and most of the time I can actually see how God was leading and directing my life and how, how it all worked out for good, how all things really do work together for good. And the point is, is that in Jeff's father, when he was younger, he was confused about God's leading, but he just kept on trusting He didn't always feel God's leading, but he just kept moving forward in faith and in trust. He was patient for God to show himself and to work in his life. How many of you know God is never in a hurry? (laughs) Amen. The Israelites were slaves in Egypt for 430 years. When when God brought them out through Moses, they wandered in the desert for another forty years before entering the Promised Land. There was about four hundred years between the last book in the Old Testament and John the Baptist's appearance on the scene and the coming of Jesus. That's about four hundred years of like almost silence, just waiting. Almost 2,000 years ago, Jesus ascended to the Father, and we are still waiting today for the second coming, the return of Jesus Christ. And then as I look at my own life here, I, I pray and I expect an answer from God the same day. <laughs> we want God to fix our problems overnight. Right now, Lord, I need this. God, I need patience and I need it now. In 2 Peter 3 tells us with the Lord a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day and so when the storms of life come over us it is important that we remain patient and just keep walking forward in trust hardship and heartaches don't disappear in a day it often takes time for God to work out his will in our lives so place your trust in God Pray, stay positive, be patient. These things will help you stay stay calm in chaos and find peace in the storm. Take a deep breath. And then finally, fifthly, the fifth way to keep your peace is to praise, to praise. Just say it with me, praise, to worship. Now this one seems a little counterintuitive, right? How can I praise God when I'm hurting, when I'm struggling, uh, when I'm feeling like maybe my boat is sinking? I might rather feel like cursing God, shaking my fist at Him, or giving up on God, or stop going to church. How can I possibly praise God in the midst of the storm? Pastor, you're crazy. Does anybody here remember the story of Paul and Silas? two missionaries of the early church who were put into prison. The story is recorded in Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas were accused of advocating customs that were unlawful to the Romans. So they were stripped, they were beaten, they were flogged, and they were thrown into jail. But then something really, really interesting happens. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, says the scriptures, and singing hymns to God. Say it with me. And singing hymns to God. They were praising from a prison cell. And what happened? A violent earthquake shook the prison foundation. The doors flew open. Everybody's chains fell off. And the next morning, the jailer ordered Paul and Silas to be set free. Would you, could you worship God from a prison cell? Maybe you feel like you are in a prison right now. The storm and chaos is maybe closing in on you and your life. You may feel trapped or bound or addicted, caught and stuck. You may be living in a kind of personal prison today. And yet, you praise God. You pray and you sing songs like Paul and Silas. You keep reading your Bible. You keep praying. You keep praising. You keep going to church even when you don't feel like it. Because praising, you see, is not an option. It's not just when you feel like it. No, it's a command to do anytime, all the time, wherever you are. And as you do this, something miraculous happens. God sets you free. Your chains begin to fall off. Praise changes you and your circumstances and your perspective. And suddenly your problems don't look so big anymore. You begin to magnify this great God rather than magnifying your problems. And you suddenly find peace in the midst of the storm. These are five ways to stay calm in chaos, to find peace in the storm. Place your trust in Jesus. Pray. Stay positive, be patient, and praise our great God. It's not a quick fix formula. It will take some time, but it certainly helps. The question I want to ask you today, once again, is what is your present storm? What chaos do you find maybe in your life or swirling around you? Is it in in relationships? is it something at work it's a boss or a coworker, or a project that's burdensome what are you stressed out about is there a financial debt inability to pay your bills is there a kind of an issue with some friends or neighbors maybe it's a personal kind of issue maybe it's kind of an addiction or a, or a sin a a repetitive sin or a bad habit that you just can't seem to break or get free from. What is it for you? What is your storm? What seems to be in chaos in your life? Because we all have these things, right? It's so easy to get all worked up and nervous and anxious and thinking about all the negative stuff and And today we're reminded through this story that you're not alone. That Jesus is in the boat right there with you. And Jesus is stronger than the storms. More powerful than any of that chaos. Jesus is with you in the boat. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you today to say thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you are there in the boat with us. Lord, that you've not left us alone. Lord, that we are able through you to pray and to praise and to be able to think positively and most importantly to place our trust in you even when things look Dismal when things look frustrating and, and dark. And so, God, would You come? Would You refresh us today? Would You help give us Your peace? Would Your Spirit just take away all that stress and all the worry and anxiety of our lives as we give it to You, as we lay it to the foot of the cross? Lord, allow us to trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen.